Hi, I'm Jana Parker, and I'm a licensed educational psychologist. Welcome to the Edu Switchboard podcast. Listen, you know as well as I do that parenting is hard, and it's even more difficult and anxiety-provoking if you have a child who struggles at school. In my practice, I work with kids of all ages, and what I've learned is these kids struggle not only with their disability, but with their self-esteem, confidence, and motivation. The single most important thing we can do is access the right supports that will catapult their engagement and learning. My goal is to empower you as parents to help yourself and help your kids through tips, tools, and strategies, and interview professionals that dedicate their lives to helping kids. I strive to find the most efficient and effective way to help whatever is getting in a student's way of progress, and I want to bring those same tools to you. It is time to take action, and I'm here to help. Okay, well, welcome everybody. I'm Jana Parker. Thanks for coming back and watching another one of these videos. I'm an educational psychologist. I work in the South Bay area in Campbell, California. And um, in my role as an educational psychologist, I'm always working for, I'm always looking for people who can help the kids that I work with and the families that I work with because my role, I try to figure things out and then I send my clients people who can help them in those next steps. And I figured what better time than now to share who I know and who I meet with all of the parents in the area and beyond, because now especially that we're in a virtual world, as long as the person's license covers you know, the area that you're in, you know, so, so for example, for my license in California, I can now see anyone in California. And if I can provide my service virtually, then I'm more available to that many more families. And I think it's really similar for a lot of other professionals who work with kids um, and their licensing. So um, I just want to spread the word because this is a time when families need a lot of help and support and I want just the accessibility of people to be faster and I want families to find uh, the resources approachable um, and just kind of have a, have a warmer feeling when they do reach out, you know, and when they are thinking, oh, this is the time I should reach out. I remember Crystal and Karen and they were awesome on, um, on that YouTube video I saw and I feel like more comfortable reaching out to them. So thank you for joining me. This is Crystal and Karen and they are speech pathologists and their business is called Something to Say, which I think is very clever. Thank um, you. Ladies for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Can you please give us a little, uh, a little blurb on who you are, what you do, what your clinic supports, etc. Sure. Well, we're something to say, AAC, language and speech therapy. We do it all. And we are located in San Jose. And I'm one of the co-owners and I'm an SLP and assistive technology professional. And go ahead, Karen. I'm Karen. I'm also an SLP and I have a background in elementary education where I was a teacher and a literacy specialist before I was an SLP. Great. And for those of us in the audience who don't know what AAC stands for, can you enlighten us? Sure. I'm so glad you asked. Well, AAC is Augmentative and Alternative Communication. So for individuals who are struggling to communicate, we try to find ways to supplement that communication with technology, with visuals, pictures, or if somebody has 
lost their ability to speak or is nonverbal, then we'll go ahead and find something to replace what would have been their speech with a communication device or some sort of communication system. Great. Um, all right, so you guys are in San Jose. This is really great for me too because I have not actually worked with you ladies before. And so this is great for me because I get a lot of kids in my clinic who need uh, speech and language services. So uh, I'm, I'm learning this for the first time whereas some of my guests I've talked to them before and others it's me for the first time. So um, tell me about what your main concerns are right now during this COVID time. Well, I think we're really concerned that our families are going to be able to get the support and the services that they need, whether it's remotely or whether it's with some way that, that we can work directly with them. Because it's really hard when you're on your own and you're struggling or your child is struggling and you want to be able to get the support that you need. So we're, we're doing our best to provide as much as we can in the way of parent coaching, parent support, whether we're providing direct services for children through teletherapy, through a remote service, or putting in place our protocols that we do have for those who really can't access through teletherapy, that we can work with them in person so that everybody's safe, but everyone's also getting the services that they really need. Mm -hmm. Are there during this time when you're, as you've made this transition over to um, virtual kind of teletherapy, who are the students that you find might need that in person and how do you make that determination? I think it's really very, very individual. Some children, almost everybody can do teletherapy, but for some children it's super stressful. Uh, they're not able to stay with the um, clinician when they're that remote. It just becomes really difficult and we wouldn't like something to become more stressful mm -hmm. rather than helping and that's the the kind of situation where we would want to consider in person all right great and you have some strict protocols in place you were saying with i'm sure mm -hmm. the normal things that we yes. are all having to do all the things yes. yeah all the things okay great um so I know that you work with uh, kids for all the way from age two all the way up through young adulthood up to 22 when is the time that families might need to seek speech and language therapy? I think any time that you think your child is not developing language, early language, along with their peers, so you notice a difference, or someone brings that to your attention, often that comes up in like pediatrician visits. So if you notice that your child is somehow different from other children in their communication abilities, that's a good time just to ask. And also, if you notice, you know, with an older child that maybe they're starting to struggle, they haven't before, but now they're starting to struggle to follow instructions, maybe, or maybe they're getting frustrated trying to explain things and express themselves, or maybe they're struggling to make friends once they start school or when they get a little bit older and um, social relationships change and become more difficult, or if they're really struggling with their schoolwork to understand what it is they're expected to do at school, then that's really a good time to, to ask for help. 
Okay, so I, and I think that sometimes when families think about speech therapy, they think just speech, like just the way that you talk. So, and those are called articulation errors. So those are errors mm -hmm. in actual speech. But what you're saying is you do far more than that. This is about the development development of language, mm -hmm. and not just how you understand and express yourself, but also how kids may interact socially. Can you talk a little bit more about that piece? I can. So your language abilities really are so broad that they cover not just what comes out of your mouth, but your body language. They cover how you understand the relationship with someone else and how you interpret someone else's perspective. And those can all be things that are coming into our communication. And so some children do fine when they're little, where relationships are much more simple. But once they hit around fourth grade, fifth grade, and things start to get really complicated, uh, that can sometimes be a point where children start to find more difficulty. And we've never really noticed anything in their spoken language before. Right. Very interesting. Um, are you able to do um, that virtually? Are you finding that that's been um, something that you're still able to do? What do you mean? Social like, language? Yeah, social language. We don't actually have social groups. Uh, we don't run those at the moment. We can refer places that do do social groups. And I think children are very limited in their social opportunities at the moment. And some of those online social groups are great, but we're not able to run them. We just don't have the enough clients that need the same level of service to do that at the moment. Right, right. Okay. Um, what are some maybe strategies and tools that you use in clinic? And what are also some things that you would, that are really doable for parents during this time or some tips and strategies that you might give to families as they're going through this time with um, their students' speech and language development? Okay, um, well, our number one tip for parents to use at home, especially during right now, because it's teletherapy mostly, um, is just to be patient and to um, realize that the first session might take a little while to get the hang of it because we gotta figure out the tech setup and we have to build a relationship with the client. So as with anything, practice helps. And for a tool that can be recreated at home, one of our go-tos that we can use in therapy or use online is a visual schedule. And that has been something that's really helpful for all of us because in a session, we need to make sure that our clients know what to expect, but we also need to show them like when they're done or what reinforcer they're working for. And for visual schedules, we can easily do that on teletherapy and we can easily share our materials or teach the parents how to create their own visual schedules. So it either makes their day run smoother or it just helps their kids know what to expect each day, especially with being at home and not knowing how every day is going to flow. Yeah, absolutely. This actually came up in another one of uh, another person I was talking to recently. Um, and yeah, visual schedules is a kind of common terminology in the world that we work in. Um, but some parents are just hearing that for the first time. Mm -hmm. And uh, kids who have never needed a visual schedule before may need a visual schedule right. now. And really what that means is their calendar for the day and all of their activities 
are mapped out in a way that's visual with breaks included. Sometimes if kids don't have uh, strong language skills yet, there are pictures that are associated with, which, with, with each thing. And then there's a technique to go through those steps. Either you're pulling that activity off so that they know that it's finished, or you could, if it's written down, you could just cross it off or you can erase it. So the kids know when they're anticipating that they're going to have a break time. They know when they're going to eat. And they know when they're going to be all done, which is really important. And like you said, Crystal, so beautifully, they know what they're working for. So a lot of times when kids are having to work on these um, things that are a little bit more challenging for them, right? Like if they were in speech therapy, they're working on something that they're struggling with. Sometimes you need a little bit of external reinforcement in order to stick with that until the session is over. So I love that you brought that up. Uh, all right, well, let's see if there's anything else I want to ask about your clinic. You know, you talked a little bit already about when is the appropriate time to contact you and how do people contact you and what happens when they do? Is it, do they call, do they email, do they talk directly to you? Do you have someone who does your intakes? Do you do a consultation? Um, what is it like when people contact your clinic? Sure, well, people have many ways they can access us. Um, they can go to our website and fill out a form to get a phone call and we'll do a free 15 minute consultation. And then we'll set up an initial observation session and parent interview to discuss how therapy would look and what the child needs and how we're gonna move forward. Do you do, um, so it sounds like you can do an informal kind of observation and kind of an informal assessment to determine how to move forward. Do you also do formal assessments, like a kind of a big, big written up assessment? Yes. Typically, um, if clients are coming to us for the first time and they haven't received speech and language services before, we'll start with a um, speech and language assessment to develop some goals for them. Okay, so that speech and language assessment will help you tease out where the real problem areas are and it helps you target your intervention. Yeah. Awesome, great. Well, um, I am going to post your information on the description and I'll also kind of run it along the bottom as this segment ends. Uh, it was really a pleasure talking to you ladies. Do you have anything else as we finish up here that you'd like to say? We look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. Thanks so much for doing this, it's wonderful. And we look forward to looking at the resources and networks that are out there that we can refer some of our clients to. Yeah, absolutely. So what I'm doing, you know, I was originally, and I still am at some point going to develop a separate website for all of this information that I'm collecting. But what I've decided to do, because I just started back to my day job, which is in public education, and it's going to have me very, very busy this year. I'm going to put these up on my uh, business page under the resources section. So it's jplep.com. Excellent. So that's where you can find all of these awesome resources. And thank you so much, ladies, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. so much. Great talking to you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Edu Switchboard podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast player. 
And if you have any questions or comments or want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at Jana at jplep.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, I'm here to help.